Welcome to Rhythm and Words, a podcast exploring the rhythm of women in their 20s. I'm your host, Vivian Crooko, but you can call me Viv. The stories shared on this podcast dive into the joys, lessons, and journeys that we experience as 20-somethings in the world today. If nothing else, I hope that the following conversation inspires you to explore your own rhythm in one form or another. Steph Royal is a special kind of human. A photographer, speaker, podcast host, and mentor, Steph's on a soul field mission to end the suffering that leads to suicide. Yeah, the big work. He's also in the process of writing a memoir, which is super exciting. As some of you may know, I'm also writing my first book, so I was keen to chat to Steph about the reality of what that looks like. Hint, it can be pretty fucking lonely at times, but having Steph on this journey as a supporter and confidant has been a game changer. We want to see more women in their 20s writing books and sharing the behind the scenes. So if that's you, please reach out. Let's do this together. Before we continue, I do want to put a gentle trigger warning on this episode, as we do discuss the suicide of our loved ones pretty early on. If you're seeking support, I've left some love and resources in the show notes. Let's dive deep with Steph. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, how are you feeling? My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, I feel really excited. I haven't been a guest on someone's podcast, I don't think. I'm just really thinking. I have maybe once. So this is my first interview, which feels very ah, exciting. And that's cool. Um, I love our mutual sort of inspiration that we share. So yes. You invited me to be a guest, which I'm super grateful for, is inspiring me to pick up the podcasting again. So, yeah, I'm feeling super pumped. That's so nice. I love that, actually. I find, especially with the creative community community we've got online, I do Mm. the same thing. Like, I see someone do something, I'm like, oh, that's inspired me to go out and do this now. And it's just like a constant circle of inspiration, and it's so nice. Totally. It's really special, actually. Mm. Definitely something we uh, need not to take for granted because sometimes you do and then you forget like, look at all the stuff I've got. Like ugh, I wouldn't have done half the things I've done with Rust or like even in my personal, I guess, creative endeavours without mm. seeing other women tackle it, which is a really nice intro into what we're talking about today actually, which is writing books in your 20s. <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't know, I'm currently working on my first novel and Steph is working on her first book too. So I'd love to know if you could tell us um, like what type of book you're working on at the moment. It's so beautiful that we're having this session about book writing because I had actually just taken a break. So I sort of started full tilt, was really into it, and then I decided mm-hmm. to take a, a break so I could really focus on the business. Uh, coming from a place that if... Um, if my business is financially successful, then it gives me the space and time to work on these Mm. other things like the book um, without feeling the pressure, I guess. So it has started for me as a memoir Mm -hmm. um, of my life, of my experience. So I lost my mum to suicide 10, just over 10 years ago when I was 17. And um, I say that quite confidently and calmly, but it was the toughest fucking season of my life mm-hmm. um, and one that oh, just, yeah, 17 is a very tender age to experience oh, yeah. something like that. And, and at any age it's tender to lose a parent, um, especially under those circumstances, and I mean any circumstance as well. So, but I mean, that experience has um, gifted me a lot in terms of the work I do now and I feel particularly passionate about speaking about it, especially about mental health. And Mm. um, I really want to share my experience from a place of empowering other people to know that they're not alone. Like when I was 17, uh, well, 10 years ago, there wasn't much knowledge about mental health and not much support either, let alone grieving Mm. or grief or understanding it. And really, I just want to put together pieces of my story that, you know, perhaps can help a 17-year-old girl who's experiencing something similar. So that's where it started. 
I have since, I mean, over the 10 years, I've done a lot of self-healing and um, I've had professional help as well through a wonderful mm -hmm. counsellor. Um, but recently I went to Bali and I had this really big somatic deep experience mm -hmm. in terms of my healing and really um, I feel like clicking in some like final pieces of my healing now. So um, I don't know how it's going to perhaps change from here or shift and I'm really excited about that as well and what it, what it might be maybe a little bit different. Maybe perhaps I will go down the self-help route mm, instead of the typical. I'm yeah, dancing with both of them. That's so exciting and really interesting, like especially with your transformation from Bali because I had a similar um, kind of experience. I didn't go anywhere, but at the start of this year, I decided I was going to work on a book of essays, like personal essays, um, mm -hmm. and do that before I worked on anything else. And then I kind of swapped to work on this novel because I just got the idea one day and I'm like, this is good. I have to do this now. Mm -hmm. Like my personal stuff will always be there, but I have to do this now. But even like with the, I guess, book of essays, it did start off as this big thing. And as I kind of dove into it, I almost realized there was two books there. There was like a book for the women in their 20s and there was a book for the women or the girls in their teenage years. So there's mm. very different experiences and very different lessons. So, mm. yeah, I definitely want to do that as well. Like, because there's so much that no one, well, we talk about, but we don't necessarily share it with girls in their teenage years. Like we kind of talk amongst ourselves. Yeah, I, that's really cool. And I totally needed a book like that when I was 17 as well. Even just something that, um, you know, I think for me, storytelling has been a really big part of my healing. Mm. You know, even just little things like being at a barbecue and sharing like a small little snippet of my story with someone was healing for me. It just sort of shares that load. Mm. And I think, um, you know, in our tribal days where we came from as like cavemen and women, it was sitting around the campfire and storytelling. And I think there's a big part of healing and our connectedness, mm -hmm. connective tissue of society and community that comes from that place of sharing. And, um, you know, for me, when I hear other people's stories, I might not have experienced what they have or even similar, but there's, there's a core essence of like each story that you can relate mm -hmm. to, like an emotion, you know, we all feel anger or sadness or heartbreak throughout throughout our life and I think sharing that yeah is huge especially for the younger generation and the young yes. men and women who are finding their ways perhaps through some harder circumstances as well mm -mm. <coughs> oh sorry <laughs> that's yeah that's really beautiful and before we I guess go further into the book I have to say when I found out about your mom it's like really hit home for me because I had a friend who committed suicide when we were 12. So mm -hmm. it was a very young age. So we didn't really understand it. Like, I don't think you really understand it anyway until you go through it or know someone who's gone through it. So yeah, hearing that and I'm like, wow, you'd never know. And it's mm -hmm. just such a nice reminder that you have no idea what people have gone through and what their families have gone through. So when they do decide to speak out about it, it's so powerful and I just felt so grateful because you're the, probably the first person that I guess within my community that has actually even mentioned suicide because I'd always felt like I had this kind of this thing that's happened a long time ago but still happened and no mm. one really spoke about it so I didn't know who I could talk to about it as well so mm. yeah I think your book's gonna really, be really fucking powerful thank you I really honor you for sharing that and just honoring your experience. Were you 12 when your yes. friends passed? Yeah. So I just, I just Babies. got chills, right? Like that's, you're so young and mm. like coming into very tender years as well as a teenager and all of the different things that are happening in that time, you know, with <laughs> school and hormones and oh, yes. things changing and happening to us, you know, that's such a huge experience that, mm. um, you know, I think, I think as a society we can um, sometimes there's like a time limit of, on grieving from my experience, like a, yeah. you've got two weeks and then sort of Back on with work. your life. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it, 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 it is an ongoing journey and 
um, for me in my experience, like my counselor said to me, it would take three to five years to get over. And I was like, you're crazy. I'll be done with this in six months, surely. And I'm, I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. As each year passed, I felt better. And it's probably only now in the like year eight, nine, 10 that I'm like, oh, wow, like I've really come out of the woods. So yeah, full mm-hmm. honor to you. Um, experience that at such a young age yeah definitely and I think um, just touching on what you said I think suicide's a very jarring word mm. and uh, can be quite um, yeah people stop yeah, yeah like yeah it, it is a big word mm-hmm. and it holds a lot and it has and I think um, it, it kind of does hold judgment and some uh, connotations and stuff mm. to it that people don't fully understand um, as well. So, yeah, I, I feel you on that. Mm, thank you. And that's mm. probably a really nice tie into uh, I wanted to know why you decided to start writing now, like in this season. So I guess you have gone through 10 years now, so you're kind of, I wouldn't mm. say out of the woods, but you are, I guess, are you feeling like you're more in a position to, I guess, be able to put it into words? Yeah, um, it. I've always known, probably um, for the last five or so years, that I would write a book, maybe even a little bit longer. Uh-huh. I've always just, I know that's going to be a part of my life. And I think there'll be a few books that I write, but I don't know there's, I know for <laughs> sure, with certainty that there'll definitely be one. Yes. And it really just happened to come up this year when I was speaking at an event and I had a couple of friends who attended to support me and this woman who was part of the audience, she um, shared on the topic that we were speaking about, which I don't even really remember, but she was a book coach. And so Mm. my friends were like, hey, you've been talking about (laughs) writing for this last year. You should probably have a conversation. So it was kind of divine timing in the universe Mm. bringing me a book coach because I'd been saying to the universe as I have conversations daily (laughs) you bring me a book coach and I'll start <laughs> writing a book kind of thing, like bargaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the universe is like, hey, here you go, time to start writing. Let's and go. I really, I think to um, kind of what you touched on in that question is I definitely feel more grounded in my experience mm-hmm. and I have always been able to talk about it quite Perhaps people might perceive it as unemotionally, but I can I I, I mm-hmm. share yeah. my story with confidence, with love, and um, you know at times it can be emotional, but at times I have the ability to talk about it quite matter of factly. Yeah, and uh, I feel like now I'm in a position to really dive in to the experience because I'm comfortable with talking about my story. But there's another layer when it comes to book writing, which I'm sure you'd understand, is like the detail you go in mm. to each moment. And what I've found is that like as I started writing, it's, it was really taking me back into certain moments in time wow. because you are really setting the scene and, and talking like or writing about the details and painting the picture for someone. Mm-hmm. And had I have started this earlier... I don't want to say I couldn't do it, but there would have been another layer of difficulty, I think, if the experience was was a lot sort of sooner. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And one of my questions was I did want to know um, what it's like working with a book coach because I'd actually never heard of them before uh, you said you were working with one. I was like, wait, that's a thing? Yeah, yeah, I am. And it's funny because, like, I know I can do it by myself to an extent. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it, for me, the, the help has come from really having the start help and getting clarity on like what type of book am I writing and um, am I writing in past tense or present tense and mm. what the actual process looks like, like getting my head around that and what I can expect. And um, for me, my experience, so my book coach in particular, and it could be different with other book coaches, I haven't done my research. <laughs> I just asked the universe to give it to me and, and it did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My particular book coach I was working with, she gets people to their first draft um, ah, cool. and then like, that's, that's like the goal of her program. So that was what I was really interested in, um, in is, was getting to that point. Unfortunately for me, not unfortunately, but just as life would happen when I signed up for this in June, it was like a quieter space in my business mm. and I had so much more free time. And then... Um, 
be turning 28 and realizing the things that I want in my life and I guess really getting comfortable with uh, some money stories or releasing money stories like I deserve Mm. to earn money for my art and I want to live a financially free life it meant that my focus went straight onto photography and I cut sort of everything out so I could really build that to support me. So I, I haven't gotten to the first draft, but to me, like I know this story is going to come out in the perfect time. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, like the, the power was having that initial support. Like now I feel like I have the clarity to write. I have the discipline to write as well. Um, but yeah, getting it like a handle on like what the, what does the the actual process <laughs> look like? How much is it yes. going to cost? Like the editing and all of those little bits and pieces that you kind of don't think of. Mm, that's such a good point, actually, especially with putting it not on hold, but I guess just putting it on the back burner while you focus on other creative projects. That's something mm. I've had to um, come to terms with as well. Because so I think for the last maybe I'd say one maybe month and a half I haven't touched mine because I've just Mm -hmm. been so like in the zone with other stuff which is fine like I had a rebrand I've been working on the podcast you know all that kind of stuff and a part of me was like freaking out but then also Mm -hmm. the other part was like it's okay because you're just working on other stuff you're not neglecting it or you've just given up you're just kind of I guess having to prioritize your time a little, which is hard when you love everything that you do. Mm-hmm. It's the reality of being a creative. Oh my God. And <laughs> I think the nature of being a creative and having all of the ideas, I know <laughs> I struggle with like shiny new objects disorder, not a Me disorder, too. but like <laughs> it's a blessing. I feel like I could have a business of being an ideas woman and there we go, there's another idea. So I just it's thought like, of that the other day, like for me, yeah, <laughs> like someone yeah, make these like, ideas. <laughs> Can I be a contractor for people's ideas? Like you want a tagline for your business? You want a business name? You want like a, oh yeah, I don't know. So I I definitely, I resonate with (laughs) that. And I think too, it's giving ourselves permission. Um, Like it's the whole expectation versus reality thing. Like, Mm. yeah, it would be fucking amazing to have my first draft done by the end of September, but my reality looks so different Mm -hmm. compared to when I said yes in June. So having like grace and permission and compassion for ourselves that it's actually okay. Mm. And, you know, these things will come to life in the perfect timing. Yes. Mm. I believe in that so much. And I think that's what, how I was able to like park the essay book because I was so certain, like I would get it done by yeah this month and have it published mm-hmm. by this month. And yeah, then in reality, it's just like, I had to really come to terms, like you said, and be like, it's okay. It'll happen at the right time. And this just isn't yeah. the right time. And yeah. I think it helps what, oh, sorry, <laughs> when it is your story as well, because mm. you know, no one else is going to write it. So yeah, you don't have to worry about that happening. Like it's always going to be there, which is a nice relief, I think. <laughs> totally. Even though I've had moments where I'm like, I wish someone, I wish I could pay someone to write this, but it's actually <laughs> impossible to write this story, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Mm. So what's the journey been like of writing so far? Um, it's, um, it was really challenging for me. Um, Mm. challenging in terms of revisiting my story in, in such a deep way, kind of like I mentioned before, like I can tell the story and it, if I have the time and space, it can, I can really quite like tell quite intimate moments of that Mm. story depending how long I've got but quite often you're not well absolutely never you're not going into as much detail as you are when you're writing a book because you're really trying to paint the picture for someone and you're like for me I was like taking myself back to those moments and at times having to like creatively um make up pieces because I don't remember every little detail yeah, of it. Yeah, you forget. Like it's normal. Pieces that, you know, align with this story. But I found that to be quite challenging. And, um, yeah, like I, I wasn't probably energetically and emotionally prepared for that. Um, I would find I'd have writing sessions and uh, I sort of had to, like, do something to bring me back to the present moment is what mm. I found. I was yeah, there's a few times I had written and then I like caught up with a friend and I'm a bit like, uh, um, oh, I don't know where I'm at. Like 
I feel mm-hmm. like I'm 10 years ago, 17 year old me, instead of reminding myself like, hey, that's not my reality anymore. Come back yeah. to like now. Um, so I found, and, and that, you know, I feel like that could be applicable to anyone. I feel like for me, given the story that I'm writing and um, yeah, but the story that it is that I've experienced, um, yeah, it, it was quite challenging. It was also kind of beautiful to um, acknowledge myself for what I had experienced. I guess mm. the flip side to that is that like, wow, like this is uh, not <laughs> not like a made-up story. This is yeah. like this is real and I've journeyed this. I've navigated it and that's like, wow, like really celebrating where I'm at now. Um, I was very, very proud and happy um, working with my book coach. It was actually really helpful for her to read my writing because a fear that I had was that I couldn't write very well and Mm. perhaps some limiting belief stuff that like I'm not a good writer, I like, you know, don't know how to like write really well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember like it brought up this experience I had when I was like in grade four and I gave the teacher a draft assignment in front of like all of my classmates and she like ripped it up in front of me and told (gasps) told me it was horrific. It was actually like a really damaging, that was a really damaging experience to me. So that's that's, horrible. And that's something that I've just like, I felt like a lot of shame about. So then uh, Mm. when I was in uni for a brief period and like, having the opportunity to get like the tutor's help with an assignment. Like I wouldn't do that because I didn't want anyone to read my writing. So Mm. I had a lot of resistance writing at first, like the first week that I wrote and that I was sharing it with my book coach because I was like, A, this story is really, really personal and B, I'm nervous. Like what if my writing's no good? But Mm. she, um, she was really like impressed with my writing and my, natural ability to story tell like I wasn't perfect and there's so much editing to do but it's not so much never perfect (laughs) and and that's the other thing to realize too like your first draft like no one writes a best-selling first draft Mm. right so that was really good to get comfortable with but she's like the essence and like the bones of your story and how you can tell a story and paint a picture is amazing and there was a few times where she's quite emotional reading Mm. my writing and then obviously it's like some technical stuff that I get to fix up and learn about and yeah. kind of take it back to learning English again and like the technical ways of writing yeah. because, um, you know, I can, I can write fairly well, but knowing like the technical grammar stuff, um, yeah, it's a bit of a refresher for 28-year-old me. So, um, yeah, I, I am now like thinking about this podcast this morning mm-hmm. and um, I'm not currently working with my book coach, like our time had finished. And um, now it's kind of up to me to do some work. Like I don't have any weekly check-ins at the moment, um, but I'm excited. Like I'm feeling the call to start writing mm-hmm. again. And I think it's going to be a much more empowering experience for me after what I sort of healed and released and worked on in Bali and, even just some of the techniques I've got now to support myself through it. Like I'm excited to dive back in mm. and start writing. Um, yeah, that's that's been the experience so far. That's so cool. I actually, as soon as you mentioned that thing about grade four, about your experience, it took me back straight to high school. And I was, English was my best subject. Like that was my thing. Like I've known since I was a kid, I'm going to be a writer. Well, I was going to be Vogue fashion editor if we're getting really specific yeah. <laughs> as every yeah. like 10 year old. And I remember like English was my best. Like I'd be that person who would hand him two or three drafts because I wanted to improve and to get the best marks. And mm. then for my final year, we had a, a teacher who wasn't very good, didn't really give a crap about us. And you know, mm. year 12 is the most stressful time <laughs> of yeah, any schooling good. experience. And I remember like I gave her a draft and she's like, yeah, this is great. There's nothing to improve. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, this is great. You know, I'm going to get the A plus. Like this is really exciting. And then I think I got like an A minus, which is still great, but that's two grades lower than what I could have. And I just remember being like, why did I get this? Like you told me there was nothing else I could do. And Mm -hmm. I think since then I've been, I was always so hesitant to um, let anyone edit my work or like, same thing like read it and um give perspective because I'm like I don't know if I can trust them yeah <laughs> yeah this yeah. lady totally was like Mm-mm. 
and like yeah that I feel like very frustrated for you because it's like <laughs> hey, hang on like at least if you mention something yeah like, you could have gotten an A you know they could like there was you know room for some sort of improvement albeit small obviously but um yeah I, I feel that and I think it's a very for me I feel like art and creating is such a vulnerable experience and one mm. that I'm only realising how vulnerable it is to express yourself creatively and to have other people look and receive your work. And particularly for me, I find writing quite vulnerable, not mm. even just like what I'm writing about, which is my story. I'm actually quite comfortable with that. But the, the art of writing and yes. how you write and how you express through writing, yeah. That I feel like that's very vulnerable and very like like intimate for yes. people, and so having those experiences can yeah like create stories in our minds and some limiting beliefs about mm-hmm. which um, resurface in different ways. I guess. Yeah, and the, the I guess the hardest part of that is is you don't even realize that they've done it to or like like you have those limiting beliefs until you start writing. Yeah. Or like you could be halfway through and then they pop up and you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> I have to work through this. Like it's been governing yeah. me for, you know, how many years and you didn't even realise, which is pretty crazy yeah. actually. Absolutely. And even like for me in that experience, like I laugh about it now, but obviously it left an impact on young little Steph. And mm. how has that shown up in other ways? Like with my yeah. photography, when I'm nervous about, well, I don't really... I have so much trust and belief and like certainty in what I'm creating now. But in the early days when I was, it was all very new to me, the nerves that I would feel in like delivering photos to someone and like, what, what's that going to look like and feel like for them and me and Mm. how how it can like show up in so many different ways. But Hey, it's an experience that I've um, had the chance to work through, which, you know, full trust. Yes. That's it. you just have to really, that that's all it comes down to is just trusting yourself. Hey, which is the biggest, it's so big, but when you get there, it's just, yeah, you can't even explain it, like how good it feels to be like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is my path. It's going to work out. Oh, my <sighs> God. It's like a new layer of freedom. Mm. That's, it feels really freeing to just have that trust. Um, and, you know, I believe it's a journey to get there and perhaps not as long for others, perhaps longer. Like I don't mm. think there's any right or wrong way. Um, but a part of me believes it's like a natural um, path in creativity and self-employment as well. But fuck yeah, it feels freeing when you're there. Mm. Well, that kind of ties nicely. Like I wanted to kind of discuss like when I started writing essays, I was devouring and I still am. Like every second week I read a nonfiction like book of memoirs or essays or whatever Mm -hmm. and I really really struggle to find books published by women in their 20s like writing about their 20s so I want to know like why do you think there's like such a lack of 20 something particularly non-fiction in the market because I still really struggle to find more than like five or ten like titles yeah wow that's such a powerful question Mm. um I wonder, I'm just reflecting on my own experience, um, you know, say five years ago or mm. thereabouts when I felt the first nudge that that was going to be a reality. It was kind of like, oh, but like, what do you know as a 23-year-old? Like, mm. who are you to be telling a story about your life? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. even now, when I first was talking with my book coach and she's like, I feel like a memoir would be best given your story and like what you want to share. And I'm like a memoir and I'm 28. <laughs> Not memoir for like 60 year old women. Like, don't I have to be like a lot old, like my granddad yeah. talked about writing his memoirs. So perhaps it's like a bit of a conditioning thing mm. that we think um, you've got to be like, like a certain point, like at a certain yes. age to be writing or sharing. And perhaps even like doubt around our own stories, like, mm. I know my story will have value and impact for people. Um, but there's, you know, a part of me that I'm like, well, like there's people out there who have experienced more or worse or different mm. or like, you know, do I have enough to share? Like is, is, 
this going to be worthwhile? Yeah. Is it worth taking up someone's time to read? So I, I think there could be something around that. And, um, yeah, as I reflect on, like, the books I've read, which, um, you know, like I'm not a, like, hungry, hungry reader like I read. <laughs> it, it's funny. Like I just I do listen to audiobooks, but mm. in terms of reading, like I'm not sort of devouring a constant stream of books, but that works for me. But, yeah, yeah. reflecting on the books that I have read, a lot of, like, the memoir books, yeah, women in their 40s. So. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a, a bit of a self-doubt thing, perhaps an age thing and perhaps, you know, wondering if they have like the contact, content, quote unquote, yeah, or a book. Yeah, mm. I think you've summarised that really nicely and that's kind of the conclusions I've drawn as well because I've kind of gone through that myself being like, oh, you're only 24, you know, is your story worth it or do you need to wait or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I bet you that's why everyone else isn't writing and publishing. And I feel like I kind of, if I'm prepared to do it now, I'm like, you need to get this out there so that you can almost be the encouragement for other women in their 20s yes. to have like, yeah, that power to do it themselves, you know, like yes. they need positive role models almost. Yeah, fuck yeah. Like that, mm. um, like the torchbearer for that mm. and um, for people to like, I, I think it doesn't need to be complex and perhaps even the process is daunting for people. Like yeah. I know it was for me sort of not knowing and, um, you know, how many words go into a book and <laughs> a lot of words go into a book and even perhaps a time thing, you know, yeah. it's very easy to not make the time to write. Like I don't think you ever have the time to write a book, but uh, you need to be dedicated in making the time mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I think, you know, I I would... I know um, of some people who have done like an e- ebook version. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Like self-publish? Like yeah, like a self-published mm. short story, like not as involved, I guess, as like a, what a book can be mm-hmm. in terms of sharing their story. But, yeah, I love that um, you feel that and you articulating it in that way, you know, being a torchbearer for, for women in their 20s to write um, feels really powerful and just as I say that what's come through for me is like probably again some self-belief like I'm not a writer like I I Mm. feel like I don't fit into that because I don't feel like I was all right in English in high school but you know I wasn't the top of the class either and um yeah my perception of like being a writer yeah it's just brought up some like limiting beliefs Mm. for me but in saying that like what you've said feels really inspiring for me like I'm 29 next July and now I'm like I want to have my book published by then so cool there's like the rocket up my bum now thank you Viv that's okay yes I'm so happy I can't wait to read it actually I'll be pestering you for like a proof copy and then just blocking out a whole day you can keep me accountable to it but I I, you know I think again perfect timing and I think Mm. um yeah part of me felt like a bit of imposter syndrome come up this morning thinking about, you know, talking about books on your podcast. Mm. I'm like, who am I? Who am I <laughs> like talking about books and stuff? But I think there's so much power in hearing these like midway stories, right? Mm. People who are in the process. It's okay. really easy to look up to people who have quote unquote made it. And I think sometimes that can feel really daunting for me because I'm like, well, you, you, you're there. Like, hearing someone who's like in the work and in the process Mm -hmm. is like very relatable. I think. Absolutely. Mm. Actually, I will mention, um, she is a fiction writer. I think her name is Hannah Orenstein. She's American. She lives in New York and she is really great. Um, she's given me a lot of inspiration because she posts every time she works on her book. So she's in book three and she'll put up, she's made a template with how many words she'd written that day and what went on and how much she could get done. And it's just been so great and seeing her end goal as well. And like her, um, like her due date. And yeah, it's Mm. been so insightful to actually see the reality and that's her book three. So obviously Mm. she's kind of, you know, she's figured out what works for her now, but yeah, so insightful. And this is the first person that I've come across that actually shares 
like mm. the process in depthly, which is yeah, amazing. I'll link her as well because yeah, she's great. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mm. feel like I I could get amongst that for sure. Yeah. I it did something that my book coach shared with me as well is like keeping because obviously when you publish your book, you want people to be buying your book and mm. you know to be reading it. So the more you can share with your audience, I guess about the journey, the process, what you're writing about, all those different little pieces, which sounds like Hannah does, mm. it can build that momentum for you as well. Yeah. And I am not purely sharing her advice. I just, I learned that from her, which is really, you know, that's something I didn't think of as well. Didn't mm. even cross my mind about. But of yeah, course, the process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, you kind of have to, you kind of forget like who's watching you. Like, unless you're actually looking through your stories and, you know, who saw, you can't even see who's seen your Instagram posts. But, Mm. yeah, you never know who's watching and who's, like, wanting to know that as well. Yeah. So And who hasn't reached out because I think that's Mm. a big thing. Like, sometimes when we idolise these people, especially writers, like, I'm way too nervous to ever reach out and be like, oh, Mm -hmm. hi, do you have any, you know, tips? Because you don't want to be the 20,000th person asking for tips on how to publish your first book, you know? So it is nice when those people are just giving and sharing. Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. you feel like you don't have to go into the DMs and harass them. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally, yeah. Mm. Well, with that in mind, have you um, got any memoirs that you've read that have really impacted you or they've really like, you're like, yeah, this is a really good book? Um, the top of your head? <laughs> there's... Um, I just started reading and I'm so funny with books. Like I'll start a book and then I'll put it down. I'll start another book and I'll go back to the first one. And <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not a very diligent reader, but I just, mm. I know I can change it. And I choose to accept myself and have compassion for how I operate when it comes to yeah. reading. But um, there was a book, I can't remember what it's called by Helen Garner, who um, it's it's like a collection of like, short stories but like memoirs from her life like oh cool moments in time and it's not sort of in any time order um yeah she's an Australian author I actually heard her speak um live last year down for an event in Sydney but just the way she had written like every time I picked up the book and some of the like chapters um were quite short Mm. um but so emotive and what I really loved was like her use of language Mm. and words that it then inspired me like it 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 just got my brain sort of thinking and feeling in a different way um and I found like each time it would it would conjure like deep emotion within me and sometimes that was like maybe relating to my own story and my life and, and feeling some sadness or um, feeling like empathetic towards like an experience of hers. But I just loved how she um, expresses herself mm. and the language that she uses to do so in like the emotional sort of feeling connective tissue of her writing. Mm. So really, yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to find out the name and I'll add it to the um the show notes which sounds very official <laughs> I'm like what is because oh, yeah. I just looked yeah. her up and there's a few different ones so I don't know she's got a lot of books good on her yeah I have a few that I wanted to mention that have mm. been really impactful for me this year so I mm. listed three I literally looked through my bookshelf and I tried to look for memoirs uh written by women so I didn't actually have as many as I expected because a lot of them were more so like the self-development, which I thought was really interesting. So they're like self-development peppered with personal experiences, but not specifically memoirs. So I have Eggshell Skull by Bri Lee. Yes. Literally couldn't put it down. Like I think that's the best book, one of the best books I've ever read. It was just amazing. It's so funny yes. you said her book first because – she spoke at the event with Helen Garner that I went to oh, last really? year. Yeah, so just funny little synchronicity with that. And mm. um, Helen Garner endorsed her book and had like a... That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 
That's so funny because when I picked it up at the bookstore, like I kind of knew about it, but I didn't know actually what it was about. And mm. I went and brought it and the lady at the bookstore, she's like, oh, did you see her speak? And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, she oh, was in I'm Cairns funny. yesterday. And I was like, no. <laughs> so I just missed her. So I thought that was so interesting. Like she was literally in Cairns, like 10 kilometers from where I was buying this book. And I yeah, had no idea. And then I picked up her book. So meant to oh, be. That's perfect. Yeah. Mm. And then I also had um, How to Fail by Elizabeth Day, which is mm. a really good one. Um, that actually came off the back of her podcast where she interviews people on their failures and uh, lessons they've learned. It's so good. Yes. And then Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. Oh, love that book so much. Yeah. I love it. It's really, it's a really easy read and it's got a beautiful message. Um, oh, beautiful. Yeah. It's just, ugh, I could just reread it like every week. I love it so much. Mm. So yeah, if anyone is looking for books, read them. They're all amazing and endorsed yeah. by me. <laughs> It's so beautiful, hey, how books can really resonate and land for us mm. in different ways and really um, connect with you on such a deep level. And I think that's so beautiful. And, like, what I love about that is that um, these authors and so many other authors have expressed themselves in their work mm. and in a really beautiful way. Like, they kind of don't know how it's landed for people, you know. Yeah. And there's quiet moments of people's lives, how their words and their creativity and their art and their story can, you know, heal and release and connect with people. I think that's mm. really beautiful. I just found the book, the book that I, I Helen Garner does have a mm-hmm. lot of books, um, <laughs> but it was Everywhere I Look. Oh, okay. In 2016. So, um, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed like this, the bursts of the, the different stories mm. and, um yeah yeah really awesome that's great I'll add that to my list actually because I'm at the cusp now where I'm kind of run out of um female authors that I'm really like I guess uh relating to and that's Mm. kind of my that is half of my struggle that we mentioned on earlier with the bookstores where I literally will go in look through all the aisles and I either see (laughs) like older women's voices which is fine um or a lot of men um, which I'm just not really vibing with at the moment, which is fine. Like I just, I've been really called to hear from female voices since I've been writing as well. Um, and yeah, I've also found that a lot of women are reflecting on their twenties from their thirties or forties. Mm. So I think I'm going to start, I don't know if it'll be on my blog or on um, maybe the rhythm and words website, kind of a list of books by women in their twenties for women in their twenties. Yes. Yeah, it's really hard to find them and I just that's what all I want to read at the moment is experiences like mine and I'm I'm struggling a little bit um at least in the non-fiction genre anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I really love that. Um because I think there is that like um ability to relate to to someone who is of similar age mm. uh, especially when things are written quite fresh when you're like you know, kind of as you're going through it, like yeah, in the middle, gone through it, yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, because I I picked up one recently, and I was like, yes, this is so exciting. It was about mental health in um, this girl's twenties, and yeah, it was from like ten years later. So I'm like, I get it, but at the same time, it just would have been so interesting to hear in the middle of it instead of like a in retrospect, I've had you know this many years to think about it and work through it, and but yeah. I think maybe that's just me as well. I just really am craving like stories f- from women in their twenties. Hence, why I did this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Maybe some relatable content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I'd like to know: um, Have you been telling like lots of people uh, that you're writing a book, and like what have the reactions been so far? Um, yeah, I've been pretty liberal with who I'm telling like Mm -hmm. I'm I've just the way I sort of operate as a human I'm pretty much an open book no pun intended but very sort of open about my journey and what I'm working on in my business and what I Mm -hmm. want to create and um I used to not I used to be quite guarded about that um because I was worried things wouldn't work out or like those dreams that I 
or those goals that I, I said to someone, you know, they're not coming to fruition and that sort of fear of failure or it not working mm. out. Um, but now I'm just like, fuck yes to just generating <laughs> ideas because perhaps, you know, I've had like a goal in mind that um, I've shared with someone and that might inspire them to do something and perhaps it doesn't work out for me and that's the way it's meant to, you know, like yeah. I just think we get to have more conversations about it. But, yeah, I I was, um, yeah, I've been telling most of the people that I meet um, mm-hmm. when I feel like it's relevant to me and what I'm doing, like especially uh, I find it hard to just give myself one title, the title yeah. I go like if someone says to me, what is it that you do? <laughs> well, I'm a professional photographer, but there's so much more and there's so yeah. much more to um, what I'm doing in the world and what I'm creating. And that's just like a portion of it. And the reactions have been really, really positive. There's perhaps that's been good. one or two people who were like, oh, like you're pretty young to be writing a memoir kind of thing. And I'm like, and, and, and they're people who don't really know my story. And I mm-hmm. think, um, it's up to me to, like, what am I trying to say? I really want to have an impact. Like my big mission yeah. in this world is to help end the suffering that leads to suicide through all that I do. And um, without me keeping my story alive in terms of talking about what I've experienced, then you could very easily, you know, not know that about me and I look like, perhaps the perception is that I have my life together and you wouldn't know that Mm. I've experienced something like that. So, um, yeah, those reactions are generally from people who don't really know me or know my story, but everyone around me was um, so supportive and I really loved it. Um, I had a a call with my book coach to talk about like how she'd support me and and what what does this even look like? And Mm -hmm. um, I, so when I went to quit my job at the start of 2018, I was kind of, uh, it took me by surprise because it was about January that I had the inkling to quit. Um, and I had expected to probably quit in like June, July. So it was a little bit Mm -hmm. earlier. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, I feel like I've put Tom, my partner and my grandparents through, like, I'm always like, what about this? I've got this idea. (laughs) And then, so like when I had the inkling to quit, I was like, these people will like read the right act to me and they'll, they'll keep me grounded and like, they'll, you know, and then I've gone to them and they're so supportive. And then, so this time with when the book coaching stuff came up, I was like, all right, like I'm going to talk to my people about it and like, just (laughs) see, and maybe this is crazy. And maybe like, what am I doing? And told Tom and he was just so supportive and all Mm. for it. And then, um, yeah, I went and had a family lunch and, um, I was due to have a video call with my book coach to confirm like what I wanted to do if I wanted to Mm -hmm. go ahead. And just before that, like I told my family and I'm like, uh, it was really important for me as well to tell my family and to have that conversation because yes, it's my story, but it does involve all of their Mm -hmm. stories as well. Um, from my perspective and, uh, as a family, it was, yeah, a really big experience for us. So, um, honoring them and how they feel about it. But they were all so supportive. And I'm like, maybe this is the time that people will actually be like, okay, Steph, like calm down, like yeah. let's like, rein in a little bit. But no, they were totally supportive Aww. of it and just so excited. And uh, it feels really beautiful, like even announcing it online and the reception that it got, like people were just fucking pumped for it. <laughs> and I love that. And, um, yeah, that makes me feel really excited to bring this to life now. Yeah, that's so good. I'm so happy that you received such a positive response. So I think especially when it comes to books, people are like, it can feel like very um, big to announce mm-hmm. because some people are like, oh, you're just being self-indulgent. You know, those people are like, why are you writing a book? Like I remember one day at my old workplace, we were discussing it and they're like, oh, there's some statistic about this percentage of people who want to secretly write books about their lives and they were kind of laughing about it and I was like, Mm, yep that's me (laughs) I mean that's baby yeah Yeah. but I yeah and it is like I think especially when you are younger there's so much that you do so much Mm -hmm. extra like layers that you kind of have to work through because I used to have this voice in my head and it was this old not old like this middle-aged um like reviewer you know like say New York Times reviewer or that kind of thing like being 
you know, just saying like this person should not be writing a book right now. She's 24. She doesn't know shit. <laughs> yes. I don't know why I've created this like little persona and have to be like, shut up, mate, go back to your job. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't need your opinion right now. Like you totally. review your books. I'll write my books. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, um, I just, yeah, I feel called to share like on that, what, like what landed, like, and I've had those moments too where it's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you writing a book? Da, 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 all that sort of unhelpful self-chatter mm. um, that we each experience, I think. But then it, it for me, I'm like, what about the flip side? Like if I don't write this story, my story and share this, uh, what's the opportunity cost here? And like mm. what if this book um, helps save one life? Like that is yes. that is the goal right? Like if this book saves one life, then like happy days. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, like with that, there's no expectation as well, but yeah. Like what, what would happen if I didn't write it? And yeah. um, yeah, just like that, letting that belief lead me through the process for sure. Mm. Yeah. That's a big one. I've had to, that's kind of been my driver as well. Like what if you don't share this? Like what are other people missing out on if you don't share? Like like you said, even if I just help one person or inspire one person to pursue what they really want to do, like that's yes. it. Like I'm happy. Yeah. Rock sales. I'm stoked. Like Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I'm making impact. Like you said, that's all that matters. It's making Im- like positive impact. Yeah. yeah. Could not agree more with you on that. <laughs> that ties nicely into my final, I guess, book chat question which is if you have any advice uh, to our listeners who may be working on their own book. Um, Mm. And, yeah, I guess just kind of working through all those struggles and trying to work out, is this right for me, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, what would you kind of say to those women? My first message is, like, if you have the inkling to write a book, write your goddamn book. Whether, like, (laughs) forget about the conditioning, like we've spoken about in this podcast about age and story, Mm. fair enough, Um, because I feel like uh, when you have that inkling, there's something in that to work with. And, Mm. um, like, I started the Soul Echo in my business as a blog after a a three-year-long soul nudge that then has led me to photography. So I had that nudge and that inkling for a reason and it wasn't clear to me at first. So perhaps you have that nudge right now to write a book and perhaps it doesn't look like a published hardcover book, but perhaps it takes you on another journey and I just want to like encourage that and especially like um, what you've shared today, Viv, around like the the passion around supporting women in their 20s, share their story, absolutely. I think um, it's about making the time. Mm-hmm. absolutely and I don't think you ever have the time just there to write a book and it's about being disciplined mm-hmm. with it it's about making the time um for me I found doing it first thing in the morning like having my little self-care mm. time for me and then writing first thing even though for me that's not my most creative time but I found if I left it to the end of the day then I, I wouldn't get to it and I'd make up excuses Excuses. and around not doing it um so first thing worked really well for me and I quite enjoyed a being out of my house which is also my office Mm. um, and being in a cafe where I had minimal distractions um and writing for me writing for longer sessions but anything is better than nothing at the same time um and depending on your story and, and the intensity of it I found having time to wind down and like get back into the present moment, mm. especially if you're writing a memoir, particularly helpful and grounding, whether that's, you know, connecting to your breath, whether that's, I found having like, over the times I wrote at home, dance parties in my living room, I wouldn't <laughs> dance in the cafe, but you know, I'm all <laughs> self-expression. So whatever, I just didn't do that. Um, or going for a walk or just, mm. yeah, like coming back to the present moment and where you're at. I found that particularly helpful as yeah. well yeah that's great advice actually and I've recently mm. started doing um like cafe sessions I've kind of made it a bit of my thing um since I went full-time I take mm. myself out for breakfast on a Saturday morning by myself and so I'll leisurely eat my acai bowl and cup of tea and read a book and then once I've finished I'll write for I guess as long as I feel like it 
And sometimes that's only, you know, 500 words. At the time, that's like 1,000, 2,000, whatever. And it just feels so nice. And then I can kind of, like you said, leave the cafe and then it's done. And then I can just walk back out into the world and get back in my car and go home and continue on with the day. But it's so nice knowing I've made that time for myself Mm. and for this project. Mm. Yeah, it is hard. It gets to be a beautiful experience and Mm. ritual. Like it can be really um, quite a sacred time. I think the only other thing that I would share is like momentum is quite important. Well, I found it to be quite important Mm. for me. So I found, I found even though I liked writing in longer sessions, purely because um, it's like quite a lot of energy for me going 10 years back into my story. uh, I found at least writing something most Mm -hmm. days, or at least, you know, like five out of seven days, particularly helpful because then there's progress and you might have a day where you're not really feeling it, but, you know, getting 200 words down is better than nothing, like you're 200 words ahead and it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. (laughs) Your first draft is not going to be the best thing ever. (laughs) And that's perfect. That's why it's the first draft. So, yes. That's Mm. such great advice. And that's something I've really learned from Hannah is to also set a goal, like, so with mm. mine, um, I've kind of done longer, very long chapters and they're stages of this character's life. So mm. I've kind of set a word count goal for each chapter. So it's really mm. nice to kind of look yeah. back um, at the end of, I guess, each session and I can be like, okay, look how many words I've written today and look how much bigger the chapter is and also having mm. that overall word count goal. Um, like I've just chucked mine at 80,000 because apparently that's the standard amount of words for um, a novel and yeah Yeah. it's actually been so great because now I can be like oh look I'm a quarter of the way through this book or I've done this much today or like I've only got a thousand words and I've hit my count and yeah like having that little like gamifying it has been so good yeah and even just tracking it so you can acknowledge yourself for it because Mm. um, I know there were there was one week where I wrote like 12,000 words and I think you were like oh my god like that was amazing. Like a few people like yeah. um, be celebrating this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'm so glad I tracked that because that just felt really easy. Mm. I was really in flow with it and I kind of didn't realise how much I had actually written. So, yeah, yeah, like tracking it and like celebrating the times that you do write and even, you know, like little celebrations for those milestones too, like when you're a quarter of the way through or halfway through or whatever. Yeah, do something, yeah. That's such mm-hmm. a good point. Yeah, celebrating because we don't. We really do just like oh, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And there is so much power oh in just taking a step back and being like, hell yeah, look at what I've done. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, that leads nicely on to – I keep saying that. That leads nicely, but it does. Everything's just flowing so well, which I love. Yeah. It's my favorite mm-hmm. conversations. So I have been asking each of my guests a final few questions. Yes. Um, not on any particular topic, but just on you. Mm-hmm. So Rhythm and Words explores the rhythm of women in their 20s. So I would like to know how you describe your own rhythm right now at 28. Ah, <sighs> what a beautiful question. Thank you. Yeah, like I feel kind of emotional hearing that oh. question. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful. I feel what words are coming through to me I feel spontaneous I feel spiritual I feel grounded and connected and um really like coming to a beautiful place of feeling in love with myself and my life Mm. that I'm creating and there's a lot of freedom and peace around that. That just, it just feels, yeah, delicious. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Mm. And I think following for following your journey, I think since you have gone full time, like I can mm. see that. And I just, that's what I love about social media is seeing the transformation mm. and women like step into their power and have all these breakthroughs. It's just so nice to sit on the sidelines and like cheer each other on, you know? Yeah, that is, like, we're doing it. Yeah, we're, we're fucking doing it. And yeah. I think um, I know people talk about um, the negative impacts of social media, which I don't really subscribe to because I think we get to create mm. um, an experience with social media that feels really good and empowering for us. 
and and not being a slave to it either and like you know noticing those times when you're starting to feel like comparison mode kick in but yeah that's absolutely I absolutely agree with you like I've loved watching your journey unfold and like you're creating and bringing to life and uh, you know the other women that I'm, I'm blessed to be connected with who are self-employed especially mm. such beautiful um, moments in witnessing like the breakthroughs and like the new the new products and like the growth and the transformation yeah absolutely mm. thank you thank you and I would love to know with that uh, how your rhythm has changed compared to when you were 20 or 21 oh um I definitely think there is a groundedness and certainty that I have now that I didn't have when I was 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. And I think 20 and 21, um, the, like early 20s for me was was quite turbulent with um, like navigating grief and navigating some other challenging experiences. So I definitely feel like I was... Um, <sighs> probably like a pretty intense earthquake on a Richter scale when I was like 20, 21 and just bouncing all over the place and with no real clarity and navigating some really like shit times to just put it bluntly to now being in a space where I'm like, Oh, I create my reality and I've created such a beautiful reality. And I feel so fucking just blessed and grounded and like chilled. chilled. I'm, I'm not an earthquake anymore. I'm just hanging out. That's such a good way to put it. And that's exactly how I have been feeling, especially in the last few months, just like calm. Mm. Like the sea is calm and it's so nice. Yeah, it, it is honestly, it feels like I've come home to myself. And mm. um, I know that sounds quite intense and like spiritual and deep, but it, it, it's just, just how it feels. Like I feel like yeah. the the plane has kind of landed for a lot of things and it's not to say there's going to be more that unfolds, but um, there's an appreciation now for myself that just feels really empowering as a 28-year-old and yeah. it yeah, continues to unfold. How That's exciting. so good. Yes, it is. It's just so exciting. Like life is exciting. We have to remember it, that. It, we can oh, do whatever it, we it, want. <laughs> if it's not, it gets to be. Like yes. I just... I'm such an advocate for people fucking just creating existences and realities mm. that feel good because life gets to feel fun and joyful and all of the good things. And it's not to say that like the hardships don't come around and the challenges aren't present, but um, we still get to experience joy in and around them as well. Yes. And finally, do you have any advice to the girls who are about to enter their 20s? as I feel like turning the big 2-0 often triggers an existential crisis of sorts. Yeah, I would. <laughs> oh big question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, must write a book on that, I think. Right. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I referenced my experience being quite turbulent, um, like in, in my early 20s. And... Um, I think we get to manage how turbulent that is, but I think a part of our journey will always be turbulent. You've just come out of high school, you're finding your way, perhaps you're traveling, perhaps you're studying. Um, There's probably big dreams in your heart and and not knowing and like finding your place in the workplace, perhaps like there's a lot happening and and unfolding. And there's a lot of like getting to know yourself outside of um, a very intense social structure like school Mm. and you are really new on the path to creating your life. And I think um, don't try and avoid the turbulence, try and work with it and integrate yeah. it into your life and show yourself grace and compassion for those turbulent times. And remember that you get to create a really exciting life and um, it doesn't have have to happen straight away, but you have the power already to do so and things will always work out and I just want to say that everything will be okay <laughs> yeah things will work out and you will okay. find your place and there's no rush there is absolutely mm. no rush like we have time yes we have mm. so much time yeah yeah actually we do and I think that's just another societal thing that we 
um, experience at a pretty young age. Like, oh, like I remember being in high school being like, oh, by the time I'm 25, I'll be married with two kids. And mm. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm 28. Me too. With a business baby. And I'm yeah. good. Yeah. So, oh, yes. <laughs> and I'm telling everyone now, I'm like, I'm not having children until I'm in my 30s. I've got too much to do and that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, like, I think my dad and, wants grandkids. I'm like, nope, sorry, mate, you're gonna have to wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in saying that, obviously, if that's what you want to create early on, then yeah, go for it. Go for it. But, yeah, there's there's time. There's time to yes. um, just be in your early twenties and like have the fun of mm. that as well. And um, yeah, like the the freedom that comes with that as well. I think it's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah, enjoy the lack of responsibility because it's yeah, it's just so such a precious time. Like just being able yeah. to just do things, and if you want to go and jump on a plane, go for a holiday, you can do it, and you don't have to yeah, worry like, about all totally. the other stuff. Yeah, especially if go you're single, just go nuts, do what you want. Yes, if you want to go live somewhere else, go for it. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm. Well, thank mm. you so much for coming on my podcast today. I love this conversation so much. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for having me, Viv. Honestly, it's been really beautiful to talk about um, the book and the inspiration that I've drawn from this conversation in Mm. terms of my own writing. Um, Yeah, forever grateful. Mm, Likewise. And obviously I'll keep you guys updated when Steph's book comes out because I'll be cheering from every single rooftop. (laughs) You're the best. Mm, You're the best. Well, now now I'm, I'm on a timeline now. Perfect. I love it. Yes. Yes. I'm holding you to it. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I'm so grateful that you've taken the time for you in this podcast today. I know how many shows are competing for your love. So thank you for choosing Rhythm and Words. If you like this episode, you can review us on Apple Podcasts and share this story with a woman who needs it. For more behind the scenes, you can catch us on Instagram at Rhythm and Words Podcast, online at rhythmandwords.com, or join the conversation in our Facebook group, Rhythm and Women.